Hey everybody, uh, welcome to our uh, third anniversary Q&A episode. It's uh, been a long time coming. <laughs> uh, we were originally, I think, meant to do this back in May, I think was the original plan, um, that being the actual third anniversary. Um, but, you know, how things have been. <laughs> so mm. all Things have been up in the air, yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as you can all hear, I'm joined today by Eden. Hello, 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 and um, we are we got we've got a whole list of questions submitted uh, from uh, Twitter and uh, Discord. But yeah, how are you how are you doing, man? All good over here. I'm, I'm ready and raring to go with the the questions and what have you. Yeah. So yeah, have you got a preference? Should we alternate between Twitter and Discord on this? Because I've got a sort of fairly even split. Or do you think we should do like? Just chuck them out. Yeah, let's just like, chuck let's, right just see, let's go through them one by one. I don't <laughs> yeah. think there's any point in figuring out some order or anything like that. I, yeah. <laughs> people will be interested in the answers, hopefully. Sure. More well, than um, from hearing their names read out. <laughs> well, a good place to start then, I think, is on Discord. Um, our first question we were given was by uh, Cool Kid. It says, how did you start the podcast? I think we've kind of talked about this before, but it's always good to kind of go back into it. Um, mm. Well... Well, bo both of us had separately done podcasts for years prior to this one, hadn't we? Um, yeah, I, th I think I might have been the first person I knew that did one at one point. I, mm. Years back, doing one called The Mighty Beards. That's then... the one I wrote the I wrote the, port, the opening theme for that one, right? I think I did. You did, yes. Yeah, yeah it was much appreciated. That's that somewhere on my hard drive years somewhere. Back. That was, <laughs> God, it's, it's funny to think. I haven't actually considered how many years we've been recording and doing different things for at this point. But yeah. it is. Yeah, because you, you and I have been both doing separate stuff. You've been doing Subdude. I'd been doing Popped Culture with Mark, who's uh, been on the D&D &D, uh, podcast stuff that we've done for uh, mm. pretending with dice before. and it was also in the uh, star wars uh, story and uh, yeah I, I i can't even remember how it started up i think it was kind of were we talking at some point and it was sort of thrown up in the air i, I obviously you were the uh, instigator on this because it was your your baby as it were on, on my side of things i, I did um podcast with my buddy nathan for five years called uh sup dude um and then nathan was moving away and like recording it online at that point either like the sort of technology wasn't really there for both of us or it just kind of would have affected the vibe so we just kind of called it a day when he was moving away um, and I was sort of looking for the next thing to do um, and you know I was sort of playing we we're playing D&D &D anyway I had a group going um, which also ironically was just kind of coming to an end this was just like a home game and I'd kind of been kicking around the idea actually even before we'd finished Subdude I was like oh it'd be cool to play a game like this on podcast just as a you know see how it turns out um, then that podcast ended and I was like, oh, well, why don't I just do this kind of thing? At the time I was kind of, um, I was, you know, well, I still am really, <laughs> there's no escape, uh, watching a lot of uh, Critical Role and other kind of um, stuff like that. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think I kind of reached out to you and Mark and Jason and was like, hey, we've kind of vaguely talked about doing D&D &D and stuff. Because um, I think at that point I'd been saying what weird things were going on in my D&D home game and things and come to putting this one together I kind of had the idea of like well it would be helpful to have people who've podcasted before sort of at the very least as the as the first group sort of thing I think going in it was always a thing that like we we thought okay well we might have some, you know kind of rotating groups as we go sort mm. of thing um but you know you guys all having you know being fairly comfortable on mics I think was how that kind of came together 
Yeah, yeah, because obviously none of us, I mean, we've said this before a few times, but none of us had had any op opportunity or experience in terms of role-playing before sitting down with you. Like, you, you were the kind of games master and truly the only person in the room during that first session that had any idea what was going on and where we were going with it because <laughs> everybody else was flying by the seat of their pants where like me and jason are lifelong gamers so we've got a certain amount of like we understand the mechanics of the game quite easily like all of that's quite intuitive yeah mark is not and as such, there was a really interesting mix of like attitudes towards what we were doing and obviously confidence on Mike and all the rest of it. It was a weird melting pot, but I think it came together quite nicely. And yeah, yeah. I, th I think it worked. Like Mark's, um, I mean, this isn't like a dunk or anything to say that he was a little bit, maybe a bit more hesitant to begin with at doing stuff. But I think that played well into like his character at the start and that. Mm. Um, that's it and we did like maybe i'm misremembering but I, I, for, as far as i was concerned there was always an intent to have a certain amount of like narrative structure and that this was going to be us playing the game but there was an intent to have like the, the podcast had to have like entertainment value to it there had to be like a a sort of point a to b of things and that we weren't just going to sort of meander along and just be murder hobos all oh, the time yeah, we were going to allow you to tell a story and that, that all of us kind of like Admittedly, I I I was the one, and pretty much always am the one. <laughs> aims directly for the bushes, and then goes, ah, ah, we're not actually going to the bushes. I just wanted to make you think we were going to the bushes for a little while." Yeah, I think but, I, yeah. I can't remember. We I think we must have discussed it beforehand. The the idea of going in of like, I think this again comes from doing other podcasts of um that it wasn't just going to be like a recording of a game. Because, um, you know, there's a, a lot of them online that, you know, I'm sure the people and I'm sure they, you know, some people enjoy listening to them. But me personally, I can't just sit there and like listen to just people rolling dice for an yeah. hour or so. They had to be like it had to be fun to listen to. Um, you know, it's a sort of the attitude of like it's a show first that we happen to be playing a game on. It's not like this is a game recording. It is a game recording, but with the eye, at least maybe. In, you know, in varying degrees on um, the different things that we've recorded over the years, um, the amount of post-production to go in to sort of maintain the balance of like, no, this needs to be a fun listen, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I, I, I aim for the same kind of thing where I, I think in terms of like, cause it, where you mentioned dice rolling, it makes me think that like the way that we've played a lot of the time, we treat the narrative as as much a part of the game as anything else, and that the dice rolls inform the narrative, and that we as the players kind of have to like, hey, what's your next narrative move? Mm. <laughs> like in response to this dice roll, as opposed to what dice roll do you want to do in response to this narrative? Like we've got it the other way around, as it were. Yeah, I think, I think and you know, I, I, I like doing it this way because I'm I'm much more focused on the narrative than anything else. I think that's the best way to do it. At least, I mean. Uh, again, every show is different sort of thing, but I think for me personally, running the game, I prefer it that way anyway, whether we're recording or not, to be mm -hmm. like, okay, here's what's going on. What does your character do? You tell me what the character does, and then I say, okay, so make this kind of check, rather than I walk into the room, I want to make a perception check, you know, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's, it's better for the count, for us as the players to be in the room, like yeah. in the actual room, as it were. Sorry, that's, that's <laughs> poor phrasing. In the in the game world, as it were, as opposed to in the room with the dice in front of us and thinking like that. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd hope that would have come through at this point. Yeah. I hope it's come through. Um, I hope it's a start that people enjoy. I think we've gotten a little bit off the question here. Um 
but yeah, so basically, I'm in the bushes. Yeah, Mate, yeah. I've done you. <laughs> you're taking me, taking us off road. Yeah, no, I thought so. Yeah, basically, like I say, sort of certain projects I had were coming to an end, and I was sort of looking at doing this new thing, and and uh, yeah, so you guys got sort of um, brought in as the first group, and kind of have by and large mostly stuck around, sort of <laughs> <that> <laughs> room, which is you know it's good. I, I like the idea. There's a bit of continuity, sort of onward and the fact that we can go back to the the group with you guys and that and hopefully we, we hopefully we will be soon um finally bringing you out of the time bubble <laughs> but um yeah no i'd like to say it was just kind of like a, a thing of i i listened to a lot of podcasts already before you know prior to doing this i'd obviously done one for five years um i watched a lot of games things so it was kind of like a coming together of like okay how do i combine all my interests into one uh, highly stressful, um, costly pursuit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that is not that stressful. <laughs> I think that covers the bases. Hopefully, yeah, that's a I good think answer. So. Hope- hopefully, yeah. Um, okay, so moving on. Uh, unless you, unless you feel like was there anything to add on that? Uh, as I, you, oh, you, I, do, I you already do... took us into the bushes. <laughs> don't, don't, don't tempt me again. Yeah. Well, no, I was going to say you, you kind of touched on uh, you and Mark had run pop culture, and before that you'd done Mighty Beards. Was there? I feel like there was another one. Oh um, God. Um, yeah, I feel like there was as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of these sort of like, man, I've been doing this for a long time now. It's weird for me to think because the whole. Like for me, podcasting part of it was like I at one point couldn't speak as clearly as this. There was absolutely no way you'd be getting a sentence like this out of my mouth ten years ago. Yeah, um, and it's definitely helped me a lot in terms of like self confidence and all the rest of it. And that it's it's a weird thing to consider, but I think that like the, when we started doing the role playing side, it was like a whole extra level on top of like okay, so I'm a confident speaker now, but now I've got to really try and roll with the punches in terms of like I'm being amusing or I'm continuing a narrative thread or something like that it was a nice extra level of challenge on top mm. where i think to some extent like i'd played out all of my talking on mic in terms <laughs> of just like i i waxed lyrical about films and games and what have you for the best part of a decade i think really over the course of the different podcasts and to finally get to a point where it's like i don't have to just try and air my own thoughts i can just come up with things like oh it's so much more satisfying <laughs> to be doing that i can pretend to be a wizard <laughs> yeah fire fire everywhere <laughs> yeah i mean a similar similar sort of thing i mean i wouldn't make any claim that i'm a particularly great speaker now but i'm definitely improved since doing podcasting um mm-hmm. i'm still doing all the arming and stuff <laughs> i mean occasionally they popping up on shuffle on the old episodes of like subdued and like the later ones are you know a bit closer to how the early pretending with dice ones are in terms of like my speaking ability and, and stuff um because there wasn't a huge gap in between them mm. but the really early ones like i'm just like all over the place i'm arming i'm ring there's awkward silences I, I my i'm just kind of slightly dull sounding voice i'm just sort of yeah that's like, the same thing comes up when i look at like old youtube videos because I, mm. I always sort of did these sort of little um, kind of video blog things for my music on there. You look at the old ones, and I just look like I'm, I'm like dead behind the eyes, and I'm just like I don't know what I'm <laughs> saying, and my voice is like a monotone kind of. I mean, it still kind of is in some some ways, but you know, it was sort of it's that kind of like yeah. I'm just getting through this. I am I am making the video because I feel like I have to do this. Getting through. It. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> it's exactly that. Yeah. I, I dread to think going back to some of my oldest recordings. I've never done it, and now that you said that, part of me is like, oh, I should probably pull out the hard drive. It's got all the <laughs> 
and have a listen at some point just to either get a sense of how far I've come or have a moment and go like, oh, I've been deluding myself. What, what have I been doing? I've, I've got nowhere and said nothing. <laughs> my God, I've wasted my life. <laughs> One way or the other, I'll find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> Our next one is from uh, Tosakin on our Discord. Uh, how do you create unique stories for each episode? More for you than me, because I've only ever made up one story that's gone on the podcast. Well, let, let's start with you then, because you did, you did the uh, the Shadowrun one. How did that sort of come to you? As like a sort of because um, it was fairly sort of um, you know I, I don't think my brain would have gone that way. Yeah, yeah, it was very much my idea. <laughs> I think <laughs> I will put it that way. Um, I, I would. Um, hard to describe that process insofar as like, I've only ever really done it once. So I can point to that one and say that I was already familiar with Shadowrun. So I'd, I'd, I'd picked a setting that I was, I'm not going to say I'm intimately familiar because I'm not, and I'm, we found out this the hard way, I'm not familiar with the tabletop game and it is <clears throat> a nightmarish jumble of horrible <laughs> rules and stuff. But I yeah. am very familiar with the lore because I've played all of the Shadowrun video games. Um, so I've got a good sense of what's possible within the universe, uh, what the senses of humor are in particular, like, cause I definitely wanted humor to be part of something I was doing hmm. and what the, like the writers of shadow run already take a lot of established concepts and then put a particular style of twist on them. And I tried to emulate that to some extent, yeah. that, that sense of uh, here are modern concepts that people can kind of like understand, but then with the sprinkle of magic and excess corporatism and all the things that Shadowrun has sort of put over the top of it to try and turn it into something different. It's like, um, I don't know, seasoning a dish, as it were. Like, I had the core components, it's a very simple dish, but then you sprinkle on all the extra bits and suddenly it's like, ah, there you go, that's an original piece, as yeah, it were. Yeah, so you had a good foundation to build from already, and it was just, like you say, kind of add your own little spin to it, should we say. Yeah. <laughs> And, and a great deal of that was like I, I had the character concepts in mind. Almost everything in terms of like locations and what have you that we ended up going to was something that I had pre-planned. But then there were a few things in terms of characterization. Uh, with that one in particular, I didn't expect Jason's character to hit on Dasher, and I didn't <laughs> expect your character to end up um, trying. Well, not trying it on, but ending up in a brothel with a rather motherly figure taking care of him. So both yeah. of those bits in particular were just like. <laughs> flying by the seat of the pants, like grasping ideas out of thin air and be like, oh, that would be like the whole, <laughs> I'm going to tell you the story of EastEnders. That, that bit came out of my mouth. And after I'd said it, I was like, where did that come from? I mean, I mean that happens like a whole, a whole bunch. Like, I mean, you, you got, I feel like you got a bit of a, a look into what I have to deal with with you guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, well, to, to jump on another a similar sort of example, like, I had no plans for, well, we've talked about this before, in that, that, that last arc we did, basically half of that whole arc I didn't have any plans for. You guys just mm -hmm. decided, like, I mentioned there was a city and you, but it was, I definitely fairly sure I made it clear that that wasn't where you were meant to be going. I just have a map, so I was like, well, you guys are here, so off to your right there's a city. So you immediately all walk into the city. I'm like, what? Wait, no, that's not the... Oh, okay. Well, uh, I guess we're here for three episodes. <laughs> like, Well, you handled it with aplomb. Yeah, you, you, you rolled with <laughs> the punches nicely, and I think yeah. again, that's the thing, like, maybe you'd agree it's it's that feeling of like you know enough 
components of the mm. universe to be able to be like, okay, right, I've, I've got all these things in front of me and there's a variety of configurations I could put them into. And it's not really my choice. I, I, I lay the table and I see, say, here's what's possible. And then the players come along and put it together in some weird way where I'm like, oh, God, I guess that was possible. And now I've got to try and figure out what to do with it. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, that's, and, and, that's as much the, the, the fun as the yeah. GM. Like, I do intend to get to doing it again, and I did promise a long time ago that I was going to organize something. But yeah, we'll get to it. It's, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it is the fun of being the GM, I think, is that, like, as the player, you're given those pieces. As the GM, you're choosing which pieces are on the table. Hmm. I mean, to tie this back to the question, then, I think in terms of, like, for each episode, I, I don't plan things out episode by episode, and I don't think you really did when we were doing Shadowrun because we recorded that all in one night, didn't we? So mm-hmm. it, it's, I think, I, I mean, I know other podcasts, um, like our friends at Penance included, do like one recording is one episode, basically. But that's never really been how we do things here. We all, I think, I feel like we think, um, especially, I, I can only speak personally, but like I kind of, when we record, I'm kind of thinking rather than like, okay, this episode, this is going to happen, this episode, this is going to happen, you know, and try and sort of do it that way. I'm kind of thinking like, right, we'll record the story as a whole kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes down to break it down to each episode, it's sort of kind of a, a matter of um, finding the natural kind of split points, if that makes sense, to sort of yeah. go like, okay, this came to like a bit of a crescendo here. So that's a good kind of cliffhanger ending. I kind of got into a vibe, especially on the uh, Call of Cthulhu of like every episode was like, here's the cliffhanger ending <laughs> kind of thing. Yes. Um, no, and, and that's something that, again, as a player, like I think where I've been involved in a few of the different games that you've ran, I've always, and it was something that's built up over time, but these days I've always got the narrative beats in mind and that there's a a pace and a flow to things and that I'm trying not to be the one that puts my foot into the middle of what is like an ongoing situation and go, oh, and now the narrative just stops because I want to ask a question. Instead, it's like, I'll hold back. I don't need Mm. to know the answer to certain things. I'll let the moment happen because it's more interesting narrative-wise to have what's playing out happen. Well, I do appreciate and then, that. <laughs> and, but, but that's that's the difference where I think that, like, because we've all got that in mind, like all of us, all of the guys that we played uh, D&D with in particular, me, you, Jason, Mark, all of us know a lot about media. Mm. Like Mark works in media. Me and Jason do game reviews. You and I, all of us have watched a hell of a lot of films. Like yeah. all of us have massive film collections. So when it comes to understanding where somebody's going, we we can do it implicitly, and I think that that's something that a lot of other groups, again, like, I've listened to some of the ones that are just pure gameplay, mm. and I can't get into them for the most part because I'm sort of like, I don't care about what's going on. And I think that we we steer very, very hard into giving reasons, even if they're silly reasons sometimes, <laughs> as to giving a damn about why we're doing what we're doing, as opposed to just being like, as, a, as I've alluded to already, like, just murder hobos walking into a situation yeah. and going... I am the moral arbiter of this. You die, you die, and you die, and you live because, I don't know, you, you've got a silly name, and we as players have decided that that means you survive. Because hmm. sometimes, again, listening to people do things, I've heard a few situations like that where I'm like, oh, God, this is all a bit arbitrary. You've just, like, you've all just <laughs> made weird decisions because they're weird decisions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think naturally that does lead us into, like, uh, as to consider in the question, more unique stories for each episode, because we're not thinking of it as episode to episode. And but that combined with the whole sort of, um, as you say, leaning more towards the narrative thing. I think it, we're naturally going to end up with more moments that feel a bit more kind of like like you. I, I I always say like I'm I'm not running it like I'm running a game. I'm in my head running it like I'm 
directing a movie so hmm. even if we're in a game that doesn't specifically have like well like things on the flood was although we didn't really do it that way it's meant to be like scenes uh in my yes. head i'm doing it as scenes kind of thing um I think the prime example of that and where it came together most naturally is when Borg, Anathe and Prance had an argument and all went off in different directions because none of that was planned. No. All of that was every one of us kind of feeling out what these characters were going to do and it all naturally coming together. Like I was really satisfied with the fact that that came together naturally the way that it did because it was massively risky for us all to end up separating the characters and having them have this big sort of yeah. upset over what was very little, really. <laughs> but ultimately, it gave it was a character growth thing. It allowed them to come together again. And like, I felt that that was quite a unique little story insofar as like the entire episode was just the gang splitting up and then coming back together again, really. Mm. I mean, the, the, one of the whole it, kind of missions, I mean, it gets drilled as like a sort of axiom sort of thing, if I'm using that correctly, is like, Oh no! You never split the party in D and D, and it's like, well, that's that might be all right when you're like dungeon crawling, but like we're making a show here, sort of thing. Yeah. And that was that was so much more, blown? yeah, <laughs> so much more impactful to have you guys have a giant fight. Well, not if you didn't get come to blows, um, but to get into like a giant, you know, argument in the middle of a very public location, <laughs> all storm off in different directions, and um, hmm. you know, it gave us a narrative thing like. Like I say, I like to think that you know, you know that was a fairly, as you say, like a unique little story for an RPG podcast kind of thing. Yeah, no combat. Yeah, no, no. Strictly speaking, I mean, I suppose my Prince could have gone into combat if I'd been foolish enough to just try and stick around and fight those guys <laughs> when they found me at the end of the episode. But it, it's one of those things where it's like, again, narrative-wise, I'm thinking like it would be, make no sense for me to do this. It would be mm. a really stupid thing. It's better for Prince to run away and be a coward like that. For that fits his character more in this circumstance. And yeah. again, like it's another thing that I think between our characters, like. Maybe maybe Jason's the only one that could be a little bit guilty of this, is we're not trying to be cool for the most part. <laughs> and even then, I think Jason's attempt at coolness, be, being the nights, being the mid-afternoon, all the rest of it, it's, it's become a bit absurd at this point. A little bit. Well, we'll see how it goes after um, after you guys get out of the time bubble. That's it. I, I, I see, I see Prance and Bork as slightly comedic characters, and then Enethe's this sort of, like, he's such an edgelord that he's become comedic. <laughs> Well, he, he the way he described his character to me when we you guys were originally making characters because obviously as we said you guys hadn't played the game before you you, you sent me a sketch of like a frazzled wizard and we're like I want to be this guy <laughs> and Jason's Basically. thing was I want to be Batman so I was like okay uh, <laughs> we'll see how this goes you know sort of thing um, but anyway yeah to bring it back to the kind of the I keep <laughs> we keep getting off into the uh, off into the bushes but um, yeah like a sort of the as you say, the, the ensemble thing, but I think it, in general kind of terms when it comes to, um, like I say, uh, the question of unique stories for each episode, I think what it is is I kind of, in broad strokes, before we before we start recording a story arc, I'll have like a few kind of, not even like, I mean, story points, yeah, to sort of set up like where we're going to go and what I do need to do to kind of get, you know, a story going. I'll have like a general kind of idea for a story, but as we've sort of said, like there's no <laughs> there's no accounting for what the players do, so I can really only paint in broad strokes at that point. 
and um yeah I, I tend to sort of have like a couple of maybe big set pieces even if they're not kind of combat type things but sometimes just like i don't know like oh that would be cool imagery like for example on the pirate adventure one i just had the idea of like this flying ship swooping down out of the clouds and i was like okay now i need to figure out how i'm going to get to that sort of thing <laughs> and then it all kind of shakes out in the edit i think really um yeah I mean, some some of it, as you say, it does come down to like you you can have the ideas, and you, then you have to either shoehorn it or railroad it a little bit to get to certain things. Potentially, like yeah, with the sometimes. Shadowrun one, I could point to that and say like we were intending to do it in one session, and there was definitely a point where I can hear it in the recordings. I don't know if other people can because they weren't there, but I can hear the moment when I put my foot down, as it were. <laughs> and the, the ex we start accelerating at quite a pace because it's getting very late into the evening as far as we're concerned as yeah. players. And the game simply had to end at some point. <laughs> so that, that's, that again fueled the, the, the storytelling at that point. That I, I took it as like, right, I need to narrative-wise find a reason to accelerate things and then keep the pace high from there onwards hmm. and that, yeah that's that part of the the difficulty of it but yeah yeah we are now also joined by uh dragon hello hello how's it going Sorry. it's all right <laughs> <laughs> we're only about 20 minutes in 25 minutes um Okay. So it, That's it's all not good. as hard as I thought. Yeah, no, it's, it's all cool. We're, we're only literally on the second question anyway, so um, okay. it's fine. I've been wittering on and on. Yeah. <laughs> all the tangents today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Do we have anything Do you, anything else to add on this one? I mean, just to, just to sort of say, like, oh, yeah. No, no, move on to the next question. Yeah, Don't move, move on. Yeah. On again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're kind of, uh, just to get you up to speed, we're just sort of making our way through the Discord ones first, and then we'll jump over to the Twitter ones. Okay. Um, so we're now getting into uh, Nikolai's questions. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, his first one was, what is your favorite system to run slash run for recording? And this, well, that's all for you. Yeah, I, yeah. This, this, is, uh, this is tough, actually, because, I mean, favorite system to run, I mean, because a lot of it's tied up in, like, settings and things. I feel like we didn't, we haven't, I've enjoyed running Star Trek Adventures, but we haven't had a lot of practice running it on the recording. We've done a couple of things here and there. Hmm. Um, I feel like D and D Fifth Edition for running for recording. I've, I've kind of got, I've got it down now. You know, I know how to, I know what I'm doing there. So that's probably probably my favorite one at the moment to run for recording, just because I don't need to sit and look up rules and how we're doing checks and things like we've had to do in, you know, things from the Flood and Call of Cthulhu and stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's my favorite system to run in general. I have a lot of trouble picking favorites. I feel like there was one that was kind of hard to run. What did we do? We did. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I'm, tem I'm tempted to just say shadow run if that's yeah. the case. But we want to come to bases in terms of how rough those rules were. Yeah, we'll, we'll chuck that in there as the one we're not going to run again. <laughs> well, maybe no. if, if, simplify. If we ever go back to Cern Abbas, it will be basically what we ended up doing, which was just doing vague dice rolls for certain things and then the rest of it is just pure narrative <laughs> oh, because, I mean just getting through the character creation was hard enough and then I spent hours on that and then Jason downloaded a prefab pre character and went I'm just going to use this one and I was like why, did, why didn't I think of that <laughs> like, yeah it served him better as well in the end because right at the very end when he pulled out oh yeah my character's got what was it electricity proof padding on his jacket or something after my guy <laughs> the enemy had 
pulled out a taser. I was like, oh, so he does. Um, I guess you win that fight. <laughs> that was my feeling in that moment. It was like, oh, damn, you just pulled a trump card. I didn't even pay attention to your bloody character sheet. Yeah. <laughs> Let's... The other thing I am, I suppose. Let, let's let's turn this question around then. So, what, what's um, for, for either of you? What's your favourite system to play? Ladies first. I'll let you have that answer. As I've been going on and on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really enjoy doing things from the flood. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, likewise. I, I thought it was an interesting system that the 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 way that the characters could become affected by circumstance, and then we could help each other. That that was a really interesting thing of like pep talks had their purpose and what have you. Like it, it became more than just a narrative moment to have somebody take somebody aside and go, look, pull yourself together. Like that actually did work for the game. And yeah, and I did enjoy that one. I think in terms of ease of play for me, it's D&D as well, just because I did, the concepts come to mind so easily. I've, I can see exactly what's possible within that universe. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> But yeah, no, I, I don't know that there's one that I would even pick out above the rest narrative-wise, though. I, I enjoy them all for different reasons. It's all different flavors, really. It's, mm. it's the, the core components are quite different. Like, I love the fantasy and technology of Shadowrun. I love the pure fantasy of D&D. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, well, if there's nothing else to add on that one, let's jump on to uh, Nikolai's second question, which is just, why? <laughs> which... <laughs> I mean, because we can. Yeah, yeah, because we're, yeah, because what else are we going to do? Um, <laughs> uh, I think oh, I could spin this into an actual answer. I mean, yeah, I just, I don't like going outside. <laughs> I happen to own some microphones. Um, no, I mean, I, yeah, I've always, yeah, I like doing music production and things and stuff. Yeah, this is kind of an excuse to kind of jumble all my interests into one one thing to do i suppose <laughs> yeah um, as good a reason as any yeah yeah okay um moving swiftly on there <laughs> so why haven't you run a homebrew fantasy fantasy slash D game where there's no magic but the force exists um we don't really do that many homebrew systems i want to say i mean we kind of tend to mm-hmm. hack apart any systems that we do play on here with the possible exception of D D. um that's mainly because we never give ourselves long enough to learn the system. So it's Pretty just, much. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, there's always that factor of like we've we've usually got quite different, diverse groups where like some of us are really into gameplay mechanics, others just aren't at all. Mm. So it's it's very difficult to be like, hey, here's the 500 page rule book for a new setting. <laughs> go, yeah. at, go at it. <laughs> yeah. We're recording in a week. Have fun. You know. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, that's an interesting that's an interesting idea. Uh, D&D, but there's no magic, but there's the Force. I mean, I suppose at that point, it might be easier to kind of backwards compatible the Star Wars uh, setting, you know, a system that I've got, and just take out all the guns. Mm. Um, could be could be a Star Wars planet where the technology is not there, but there are Force sensitives on that planet. So yeah. it could almost work out like it would feel like a fantasy setting, and they're all in the Star Wars universe, but they don't really know it. Yeah, and that would be the easiest way to do it. Um, I mean, as to why I haven't run it, because, I mean, this is the first time hearing about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, that does sound like a good idea. We, we Maybe we could figure out like a one shot for that or something. I don't know. Maybe there's like a, a ship crashed or something. It didn't have any guns on board, but there was like, like a Jedi or two on there. And then we go a few generations down the line and they still don't have guns. But now there's, you know, there's some Jedi descendants or something. I don't know. It's a, it's a long walk to 
to go to for that. Mm. Feels like the kind of thing where you'd have to end it with like, and then they, then it becomes revealed to the characters right at the end of everything that they are part of this broader universe. Like that, that would have to be the conclusion, surely. Yeah. Just in terms of like really tying it back into stuff and giving you that impetus of like, and then who knows where these characters go after that? Yeah. But we've just spoiled the ending. <laughs> hey, hey, that, that's. Just... This is the glimpse behind the curtain, right? This is... <laughs> Here's a glimpse behind the curtain that we can no longer open. <laughs> Not everybody listens to the Q and A's, and I'm one of the I'm one of these people that can hear a spoiler and then watch the thing because the execution's the point of it to me a lot of the time. So yeah, yeah. fair, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe I'll look into that as a one shot then. <laughs> um, and in fairness, depending on when you do it, we might have completely forgot about that anyway. Oh, that's you know, that's oh, yeah. a high possibility, <laughs> high probability on that. I forget what I did last week, let alone like <laughs> <laughs> moving swiftly on. <laughs> moving swiftly on. Um, who would your ideal five-person celebrity party to DM for be? Um, oh, I should have thought about this. Yeah, I probably should have thought about it ahead of time as well. <laughs> and what would you play? <laughs> um, I mean, I probably let's just say let's say D and D just because you know it's easier to. Yeah, keep it simple. Keep, for keep us. it simple. Um, I would totally go for all the uh, LA comedians, the the geeks that are in all the shows at the moment. Um, hmm. In the Mandalorian, just about every episode's got some LA comedian there. Where I'm like, okay, Brian Poson, yep, I'd have <laughs> him at the table. He, he's definitely played D and D before. I think I'd have David Cross would be a good one. Um, who else would be a fun? I mean, comedian? Brian Poson yeah. hosts Nerd Poker, another D and D podcast. David Cross <laughs> is in one mean. of the community D and D episodes. Exactly. Um, these these are guys where it's sort of like they're already ingratiated enough. For I feel, plus they're like good character actors. They're good comedians. So I yeah. feel like that whole thing of like pulling a narrative together on the fly would work well with a group like that. That's I think I'd throw idea. Bill Burr into the mix mostly because he's not in that, but I think he'd be a really fun, cranky asshole at the table. And <laughs> in, in surprise, like he'd be the instigator for a lot of action. Um, or oh, who else? I think Doug Stanhope. He'd be weird. I don't know. I'm You're building a very, um, very crotchety party here. Yeah, basically. I mean, I'm basically going to have a table full of middle-aged men that are just going <laughs> to bitterly tell jokes to each other between rounds. <laughs> or oh, one more. I'm missing one. Um, one let's more. see. Uh, Bill Bailey, just for a bit of English. Oh, yeah, be, and he different. would be the weirdo of the group in terms of like, he'd be the one that would bring some levity and probably pull faces while everybody else is trying to be serious. Yeah. If it helps, I think I recognised one of the names. (laughs) I'm completely lost. Yes, I'm I'm going deep cuts American comedy right here. I I know stand-ups all too well. I'll do the opposite then. So my part is going to be Hugh Laurie and Stephen Fry. And uh, let's chuck Rowan Atkinson and Tony Robinson in there. So we're basically... Okay, it's just the cast of Blackadder. Yes, yeah, that is solid. Yeah. So I need to just fit into their roles immediately. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. In another circumstance, it works. Gold. We need a fifth. Uh, let's put because I've been watching a lot of QI. We'll throw Alan Davis in as well. There we go. <laughs> so basically, the cast of Blackadder and Alan Davis. He, he'd be the bork of that group, a hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> So you got me thinking. I was like, "Oh, I did League of Gentlemen, all of the League of Gentlemen. That oh, would yeah, make a really yeah, interesting table. You probably play a game of Call of Cthulhu with them. Then that would work <laughs> out quite nicely." I think. Okay, that's the last of Nikolai's questions. Uh, Steve Boost. Um... Steve Boost. 
Sorry, got to do it. Yeah. Um, he says, uh, what's a TV show or movie universe you'd like to have a homebrew story set in? Star Wars excluded, as you've already been there. <clears throat> well, we were talking about Mass Effect on while well, we were throwing True. around um, one-shot ideas. I feel like I would enjoy giving that a shot. Yes, yeah. Um, no, and again, I'm I'm knowledgeable enough about Mass Effect, and I love the expanded universe for that. Like, there's a lot of facets that the games didn't explore that I think are really interesting angles. Well, I, I it was a joke, but I do want to do it that we were going to do an all Krogan um, party and have everybody have to talk like this for the whole hour, <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just destroy all our voices, but, horribly um, raspy voices for the next <laughs> week afterwards. I feel like a, that would that would still be funny, but like. <laughs> yeah, maybe do that when we've already got a whole bunch of stuff recorded to release yeah. <laughs> so just let throats um just regenerate a bit yeah um we'll, we'll see if i end up on the phones again for my next job because that, that'll be the limiter for that one <laughs> yeah uh i'll say mass effect i would enjoy we and again another as is in in the spirit of peeking behind the curtain sort of thing we were talking about doing a harry potter one shot and then two days later jk rowling came out and said a bunch of transphobic stuff so that one got put on the back burner um yeah, yeah so that's forget no, forget that one um i don't know it's tough that i mean there's a lot of ones i've got because a lot of the the game systems we've got are kind of very rooted in like the setting as it is kind of thing mm -hmm. Obviously, Steve said Star Wars excluded, but we've also done Star Trek. I feel like there was one other one. I mean, we've got Alien that we were planning mm -hmm. on doing this year, um, and that's, as with everything, kind of been sort of knocked on a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah. I think, yeah, no, that'd be fun to do that one. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. struggling. Again, I'm kind of thinking through TV and movie universes in my head, the ones that would, like, fit, because obviously, I mean, you can't do, like, a Friends RPG like it'd have to have so like it, it, i mean just to sort Long of to see if you're on a break <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm just thinking it would have ideally to have some sort of sci-fi or fantasy type thing to it to kind of fit in thematically with certain stuff that we've done or horror yeah i'm racking my brain because it's easy for me like i, I my mind goes to things like futurama or mm. something like that but then I don't know how you would make it so distinctly Futurama-esque without just directly referencing concepts from episodes of the show. Yeah, it would just be like a futuristic yeah. thing and you'd just be like, oh, and Morbo's on the TV kind of thing. Yeah, um, the, the central bureaucracy, like yeah. that, that kind of thing. You'd just be referencing those things. But Whereas you can do the same ideas, but a lot of D&D is that way. We've talked about it already, like that thing of coming up with the ideas. You're kind of taking components from other things, putting it all together in a new way and and finding something new as a result, whereas, uh, yeah, I guess the jokes have been made with something like Futurama. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the whole thing of it, really, isn't it? It's like, it's a futuristic setting, but the show is the characters and the jokes sort of thing. I'm, I'm so, trying to think, like, my, my, it's, it's a stupid idea, but, like, an always sunny RPG <laughs> where you, you're the gang, and at the start of each session... Somebody has, like, whatever the stupidest thing that somebody says is, that's what the objective is. You need to get to whatever it is was, that was said. And all the roles would be, just how evil and terrible are you going to be throughout the whole process? <laughs> like, there's, there's no winning a game of Always Sunny. It's just how awful were your characters during the process? <laughs> so the, silly, the, the, the awful, stupid thing that's said, yeah, that's the title card, is it? 
Yeah, so as soon as <laughs> somebody says something... The episode starts, it's like, the gang's going to such and such or whatever. And it's all because some, somebody utters something right at the start of the episode. It's like, we're going to do this. And then the title card pops and it's like, oh, right, let's watch it's, the idiots. It's the gang, the don't do this. <laughs> yeah. That's actually... but yeah, I could see that you could come up with a system where maybe that would be possible. And it would just be the objective of like, just how awful can you be? <laughs> what, what are the most socially corrupt things that your characters could do? I feel like we could play that using that the end of the world system where we just come up with mm. some stats for the gang. From from Always Sunny because that, that's basically the playing as yourself one. So it's the closest you're going to get to like here's the stats of a regular person. Sort that's of thing. it. Oh god, yeah, no, but I, I quite like this. I'm I'm thinking now, it's like somebody must have already had this idea, but if they've not, then hmm. <laughs> how do I? What would I figure out? What would the Golden God stats be? <laughs> Maybe like a Red Dwarf RPG, but then again, it's a similar thing of like the people are going to have to basically like, okay, pick which one of the four main characters you're going to be hmm. sort of thing yeah. rather than like setting it in a universe because the, because the shows are so focused on like character based, you know, as opposed to something like, I mean, I'm not saying star Wars and that isn't character based, but it's got a little, a little bit of a kind of focus more on like, not focus, but I mean, the whole universe. yeah, that's what I mean. That. There's, there's a yeah. bit of a broader focus, broader. whereas something like say, like you say, always sunny or, or red dwarf is very much like, okay, they're in the future or they're in Philadelphia and they're awful, but, but it's very much a sitcom of these yeah, the small group of this, people. It's this group. It's not about the universe. They might do stuff in mm. that universe, but like, it's not kind of it's not presented in a way as as just kind of draw in as like I wonder what's going on over there you know what's the deal with that you know yeah not so much anyway I mean I'm not saying it's completely um, incapable yeah, of that if everything is through the filter of like one of the, these four characters then it's difficult to mm. expand on it without having everything refer back yeah I mean I think I think certain certain you know like tv shows and movies they're just they're great but then probably don't translate as well to an rpg where you know you got multiple mm-hmm. people playing things because they're because they're put sort of their best form is the scripted kind of comedy or whatever mm. um but yeah you know just to wrap it i like to say i still want to do mass effect at some point we're going to do alien um i'm kind of racking my brains i i, I mean it would be fun to do like a something set in the Marvel universe, maybe like everybody, you know, everybody's playing shield agents or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, that, that would kind of work um, rather than be like, I'm going to play as this superhero. You'd just be like, no, you're just a dude on the ground <laughs> and all this stuff is going on. Um, Sorry. I'm, I'm just eyeing Netflix, getting inspiration. <laughs> as we're going. I'm looking at glow and being like glow. You could probably make an RPG out of, cause then you've got like your, your backstage antics, you're coming up with your characters, you got your personas that your character has to come up with. And then you roll like your combat would be the wrestling match. I think there is a wrestling RPG out there. there. There almost certainly is. I'm sure the WWE's jumped all over that because <laughs> if there's something they can do, they do do. If it's- they can monetize <laughs> it, they will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully that's all answers to this question. <laughs> um, so the next question is from. We'll get, we're switching over to Twitter now. Um, this one is from at Penance RPG, and it's from New Dragon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you asked, uh, how long does the music take you? Do you have specific inspirations for the music or do you just know what you feel for each series? Um, it really... Uh, this is yeah, this is good because you can ask me follow-ups. Um, 
it, it really varies. Like if I've got a long like lead time in before, like I don't need the music for a little while, I'll spend longer mm-hmm. on it. Um, especially usually when it comes to like, you know, each sort of series has got its own kind of little opening theme that I tend to sort of have a bit more warning on so I can spend a bit longer on it. Uh, uh, let's think of an example. So like the, um, that kind of little piano bit with the, the synths behind it for things from the flood. I think mm-hmm. I probably spent probably two and a half, three hours on that, like start to finish. The the piano bit I actually uh, lifted. I didn't lift it. I, I used it. That um, my piano um, software has got um, a lot of kind of built in sort of MIDI files of like, hey, here's a thing in this style if you want to use it for for scoring yeah. and stuff. And I kind of went through mm-hmm. and I found like a kind of little lead bit that I liked, and then I, I pulled that out and I tweaked it and got it to you know I spent a bit of time getting it to how I wanted it. But you know, I, it, it's about kind of finding a vibe sort of thing. So like yeah. I say, I think that that took a couple of hours to get that how I want it, which is actually fairly quick for some things. Um, other parts, like we've got, uh, it, it depends on the vibe. Like battle music takes forever because mm-hmm. I've got to come up with, you know, it tends to have to be a longer piece. It's like there's percussion, there's big violins and horns and everything. And it, every single instrument I have to go through and do individually. So that yeah. takes forever. That I think... Uh, I'm just trying to think of a specific example. I mean, battle music sometimes takes six, seven hours to do a piece. Um, and then the other end of the spectrum is stuff like the kind of ominous droning kind of backgroundy type bits. I think I've knocked one of them out in 15 minutes before. <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> it's like a five minute piece of music. So basically I found, oh no, it's probably a little bit longer than 15 minutes, but like I found like a kind of droney keyboard sound that I've liked and gone, okay, that'll do. I've worked out like a, a real simple kind of chord pattern, usually just like moving around four different notes and then repeating it sort of thing. And then I might add them in at a higher octave later on. And I just yeah. press record and play them super slowly for like five minutes. <laughs> and it sounds weird because it's on a droney thing. So that's like mm-hmm. five minutes. Then I'll go through it again and add some like weird background percussion. I might add another separate kind of synth drone over the top slap some reverb on and it's done yeah that's 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 the simple thing but the, the long answer is um the, the, sh- the very short answer is it varies <laughs> i guess <laughs> um in terms of inspirations i mean it's just kind of like finding the vibe kind of thing that i want it's yeah. um obviously with star wars it was like okay let's find some music that it writes some music that's sort of john williamsy which is very hard with things from the flood. It was kind of like, I wanted a slightly nineties vibe, but I also wanted the kind of like slightly techno ish sort of, uh, I guess kind of, I don't know, slightly ominous sounding again. It's often kind of like moods and things more than anything else. Um, that's kind of how I go. So that it's, it does that varies sort of story to story kind of thing and moment to moment. Cause I'll often have things where I'm like, okay, I need to have a specific music for this specific thing. And yeah. this is the vibe of the scene. Um, yeah. And <laughs> how complicated and good they are varies quite uh, proportionately to how long I've got before the episode needs to be released. Um, yeah, basically. <laughs> well, they, they tend to sound, they don't sound rushed at any point. 
Some of them so really are rational. <laughs> like I've been, I've, sometimes yeah, I've written you know music. That. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, <laughs> peeking behind the curtain. Um, I've I've sometimes been writing music up until about forty five minutes before the episodes had to go live, and I've gotten it out on time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, music. Yeah, usually if, I, if I've got my um, it's it's the last thing that I add to the edit. Like I'll I'll edit in like passes, so I'll get all the like all the game stuff, the talking done in one editing pass. Then I'll go back through and do sound effects. And then I'll go back mm-hmm. through and add music. Um, yeah. I feel like recently, especially with these one shots, I haven't, uh, with the exception of the Star Trek one, I haven't really written any new music. So it's just been a case of finding the themes that I've already done that fit. And uh, I need to sit down and have a whole day where I just kind of write a whole bunch more kind of general sort of things. Like I need a bunch more ominous drony tracks that aren't exactly yeah. the same as the other ominous drony ones because I've basically been using the same ones for like two, three years. Um, and I need some sort of upbeat kind of like wandering around town doing things, music and stuff like that. Because again, I've pretty much just been using the same one for the last three years. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I need I need to expand my library of music, basically. <laughs> um, do you feel like I answered your question at all? <laughs> yes. <laughs> definitely cool okay um right now we are going to jump into uh Tayshal's questions uh as always came through with a whole bunch of them okay in terms of hypotheticals if all members of pretending with dice past or present were forced to fight battle royale style who would win both real life and character version oh wow um this is this is quite tough I'm I'm just going to... We've mentioned it before, but I think the only athletic person that's played on any of these is Jason. <laughs> I, I would pretty much rate him as, like, in a one-to-one fight against... Well, I guess it's a battle royale, so it depends on who's approaching who. If it's all of us and we've got him surrounded, then maybe we've got a chance. Yeah, I feel like we could take him. If that's, if that's how the fight starts. <laughs> but if he catches us one by one, oh, we're oh, all fucked. no chance. <laughs> There's no chance. <laughs> Bear hug us all to death. It'd be, that'd be that. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really much of a fighter. Um, <laughs> I don't like getting punched or <laughs> I don't like punching either. Um, mm-hmm. I, I suspect that I could probably do reasonably well. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, um, you, you'd be like scrappy. You, you, yeah. 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 Um, I'm a masochist. I don't really care if people punch me. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, it's between you and Jason <laughs> then, I think. Get smacked and then you moan. That's going to make somebody pause for thought. <laughs> yeah, no, my money's still on Jason. I'm still giving it to him. He can have the crown. I mean, I'm a wily fighter and I've got some like smarts and cunning about me. But I mean, it, part of it depends on the circumstance. If it's actually battle royale, battle royale, what weapons do we get each? Because that's the deciding factor. As much <laughs> yeah, as else. If one of us is getting the paper fan and the other one's got the RPG, then. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. a bit of an imbalance going on there. Oh, okay. So that. I mean, what about character version then? So <coughs> there's a lot of characters. There oh, are. Oh god, yeah. Okay, let's list list them out then. So we got um we got Bork, Prince, and Enade. We've got um Anthony, Hazel, and Sora. We've got. Um... I don't think any of those three. <laughs> yeah, the, the teenagers are buggered. If the teenagers are there, they are long dead. <laughs> I, I think we can take out the things from the flood characters. But this. as we as we know from the end of the last D and D arc, Enerday has no problem killing teenagers. 
Um, <laughs> True. <laughs> It's definitely a shoot first, ask questions later kind of a gun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they're out. Then we've got uh, the uh, Call of Cthulhu characters. So we've got um, Barnard. Barnard. That was it. I was racking my brain for your character's name. Uh, Barnard, Madam Sway, and Alistair. That was it. I mean, Barnard's got a good physicality about him, where he'd, he'd probably be quite an intimidating one to come up against. But I think, apart from just being physically capable, he's like war scarred and stuff. Yeah. And the others weren't really fighters, I don't think, necessarily. Sway might have a, a gun hidden in a garter belt or something, would be my thought. <laughs> that would be her kind of like trump card, probably. Yeah. I feel like, okay, so here's what we need to do to answer this for Tayshell properly. We need to make a series of brackets and we'll let the Twitter users vote on them. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's the me. only safe way to do it, is um, to not decide this ourselves. We'll let it democracy style <laughs> um so yeah keep an eye on our twitter i'll put that up oh, i'll put that up when i remember to put it up <laughs> so tayshell's next question uh what has been the most pleasing satisfying thing that's happened to you due to being on a podcast so rather than oh. in the podcast like related to being in podcast it's a good question i don't know that i've experienced a fringe benefit from it necessarily I've made new friends. Yeah, it, it's nice yeah. to like connect to people online and what have you. And it's 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 sort of like an easy inroad where I don't know. It's it's weird to be on the other side of the coin when normally I on Twitter and what have you, I'm the one that's like, hey, comedian I've seen on television, let me ask you a question or say hello or something. And now, to some extent, it's by no means the same thing because we're not celebrities or anything like that, nor are we aspiring to be. But it's it's weird to have people where they've heard you talking at, at length for a long time and then they roll up like, hey, I'm, I'm going to ask a question that's real specific. It's like, I, I don't know you, but you know me. Like there, There's an interesting factor to that. Mm. And that might be the one thing that I've sort of gotten a real perspective on that I otherwise wouldn't have. Yeah. I say I think just meeting new people, really, more than anything else, because there's a whole bunch of people I never would have... Um probably come across or talk to or anything if I hadn't been doing podcasts, you know. Um, obviously, even you and I know each other from outside of podcasts previously, but I feel like we kind of got, we became better friends through doing podcasts. Oh, absolutely, um, 100%. Obviously. I mean, we've been doing the, like, we do the film project thing as well alongside yeah, other bits yeah. and people. I think all of that, like, that was starting to, like, we got into that and doing the podcast kind of at the same time, and that was like, yeah, real cementing of like oh hang on we can actually get along a lot better than we did previously because we'd never really kind of recognized that we had these things in common yeah and obviously dragon i don't think we, we probably wouldn't have met if we hadn't done podcasts and stuff so yeah oh, no. yeah definitely yeah um yeah that was well the podcast took us to dragon meet mm. and then meeting lots of people and yeah playing lots of fun games that wouldn't have been the same yeah, I don't think I would have gone up to, yeah, let's say Dragon Dra Dra Man. I don't tend to sort of travel for conventions really other than, you know, yeah. if I hadn't been invited to go as part of the podcast, I don't think I would have um, made it up there and meet people and stuff. And I, I say that that's the pleasing thing for me. It just in general, is just meeting new people and making friends and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I'd say meeting people um, also to an extent I've got, because um, listeners of pretending with dice might not know as much um i have been seriously ill and i've been able to work for a few years mm. um so i've suddenly got a whole bunch of things that i can actually do mm. um which has helped like fill in an awful lot of that missing time 
Yeah. Um, and a lot more people to interact with as well when like I largely can't go out of the house most of the time. Mm. So it's like the timing of it's been absolutely perfect for me. Yeah. So like I say all, all, the, the social aspect, I think, for all of us, I think is, like you say, yeah. it's very important, isn't it? 100%. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, Teixeira's next question. When will Tempest Squadron 2 be out? As always, <laughs> soon. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like, like we, I mean, a lot of you might have seen our, at the start of the year, we put out like a, I did like a cool glitzy promo video of like, pretending we're dice 2020, here's all the cool things we're going to do. And then uh, COVID-19 happened and all of our plans got put on hold and I sat at home watching movies for three months. Um, that's just what happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, in Tempest 2, Tempest Squadron 2, unfortunately, was going to be one of the groups that we were going to be recording in person. Um, so that got knocked down some to some point in the <laughs> some point in the future. Like I say, it definitely was going to be uh, this year. And it's in the video I made like, you know, just like I've made a cool background with a planet in it and everything and like a logo flying towards the screen. I was real pleased with that. And now here we are in uh, mid to late August and um no sign of it yet. <laughs> um, so it's soon, yeah. It's it's on the it's on the docket. Let's just say uh, I've I've got plans. I actually started recording a while back, like a kind of I don't want to call it like a demo version, but like a kind of I started recording my my narration, my opening narration, kind of prologue type thing before Ooh. doing any game sections in it in an effort to like I'll save myself some time later. And now I think I've changed my plans for the actual game bit, so that was all a waste of time. But yeah, no, it is coming. Just, you know, trust me, we are going to do it. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Much like the return of uh, Bork, Prontz, and Enna, they was also promised, I think, in our opening video for the year. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about it. The plans are brewing. People are available again. Stay tuned. <laughs> as soon as we know, we'll tell you because, um, you know, I've got to announce something. I've got to fill those intro sections with something. Some kind of announcement. <laughs> um, so yeah, you'll know as soon as we know, basically. All right. Uh, what's the best thing, speaking of lockdown, what's the uh, best thing you've seen during lockdown? Film slash TV slash game slash anything other medium-wise? That's an interesting question. I have to rack my brain for a second. Well, we've been having fun playing. We haven't done it for the last couple of weeks, but we've been having fun playing um, Jackbox on Sunday evenings. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that, was, uh, that was a really good laugh. Well, especially when we got nice big sessions going with uh, mm. lots of people, in. yeah, getting being able to sit all of us at home, like actually connecting socially, doing something together, even though we're not able to actually see each other, has been quite nice. <laughs> um, I'm thinking about films and TV though, like and all that kind of stuff. God, um, I've watched a hell of a lot of stuff, but it's hard to sort of bring to mind like what were the good ones. Well, God. Uh, earlier on in. Um... I guess it was like April, maybe May. Uh, the musician uh, Devin Townsend did a series of um, like quarantine streamed concerts, which were really cool. Um, I enjoyed them. I'm trying to think of like things I did or like saw that like weren't on before, basically, and it is tough because yeah. a lot of what I watched while furloughed was like. I guess like comfort viewing, it's all stuff I've seen before. Mm -hmm. Like I watched through all the Marvel movies again and Star Wars and things. And I've watched things that were kind of so bad that they almost became good, but that's mostly <laughs> my case. Like, I watched the very excellent Mr. Dundee, which is effectively a pseudo sequel to Crocodile Dundee. Okay. That was 
that was a weird watch. The, the, the whole concept is is that um, Paul Hogan, the actor that played Mick Dundee, is now quite old and still living in LA, and all anybody <laughs> knows him for is playing Crocodile Dundee. So he spends his entire life with people turning to him and going, "You call that a knife?" <laughs> <laughs> It's quite a cheesy, very cheaply made film, but it's got just enough humour and heart in it that it was all. I watched it kind of like, mm, it's actually all right. I quite like Paul Hogan still. Like he's got a lot of charisma for somebody that I haven't seen on screen for about twenty five years. So. Yeah, <laughs> but I can't recommend that. Like as I say, it was it fell into that sort of like, oh, it was almost so bad it became entertainingly amusing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We've been on a bit of a nineties disaster movie kick the last couple of weeks. Oh, yep. I've been through Dante's Peak. Well, I watched Deep Impact the other day. What was the other one I watched? Just to torture myself, I watched Geostorm. Oh, I saw you talking about Geostorm. Yeah. <laughs> that sounded diabolically bad. It's pretty bad. I, I can't recommend it. Um, <laughs> We're doing the opposite of recommending yeah. <laughs> Earlier on in the summer, I watched 20, I rewatched 2012. Oh, God. Speaking of bad films. <laughs> You should have put day after tomorrow on after that just to really double down on just Funnily stupid enough, disaster movies. I looked for it. It wasn't in. My, I, I must have not bought the Blu-ray on that. I've, I I know I used to have it on DVD, but it's not on my shelves at the moment. Oh, such a dumb film, day after tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> the, the ice is creeping forwards and it's freezing everything apart from furry animals for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so stupid. Well, you know they're wolves. They're used to. <laughs> Yeah, super hot blooded those things. Yeah. I can actually point to one good film. Um and okay. it does link to um uh, Cthulhu mythos and stuff. Um Colour Out of Space okay. with Nicolas Cage. I did hear, hear that was meant to be interesting. I didn't I haven't it's seen it. Really, really good in like I and this is within the frame of Nicolas Cage films as much as anything else. Like he doesn't overpower it with being Nicolas Cage. So it's, it's a film in and of itself, not just being one of his movies. Mm. Um, but as far as taking the kind of the mysteries that um, the Cthulhu mythos deals with and then visualizing it. And in particular, the body horror of color out of space is, Oh, it's there's some visuals in that film that I was not ready for and was very much like, oh wow, this is a horrible, horrible concept. <laughs> and it yeah, really interesting is is the best way I can put it. Hmm. Worth a look. Oh, yeah. I say I knew they'd put it out. I mean, because there's I mean the history of films based on Cthulhu stuff is not great. Mm-hmm. Um but I did see that come out and I'd heard some interesting things about it, so I might see i I'd take it, is it it's not on Netflix or anything yet, I would have thought. Uh, it's not, but you can buy it. It's it's available streaming and what have you. Mm. Yeah, well well worth a look in there if you especially where we've obviously done Cthulhu related things and like I've I've read a bunch of the books and what have you that it was all based on. Uh, including Color Out of Space. Like it's it's a modern adaptation of it as well. Like it's it's dealing with it with sort of like even if you know the story there's enough twists and turns and in particular the the visual component where they've taken the words off of the page and then kind of applied imagination to it and gone further yeah yeah interesting stuff Alrighty. Uh, anything to uh, add on this question dragon i'm not visual fair enough i don't particularly watch stuff like i will watch stuff if someone else is watching it Mm. but i tend to get distracted ah fair play like even if it's on it's like there's just there's moving colors in front of me it doesn't go in. <laughs> okay, fair I'm enough. a terrible person to watch things with. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, well, we'll uh, we'll move on then. Um, 
Okay, so uh, Tate Shell's next question. What's your favourite podcast other than those you appear on? Ooh. This is quite a tough one. At the moment, I'm actually not... Oh, I've said this before on other Q&As. I don't really listen to other um, tabletop podcasts. There um, isn't a massive amount of time. And yeah. you need something that's not similar to what you work with, I yes. think. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I I don't listen to too many these days because it used to be that when I was working nights, I had endless time to listen to podcasts and... I really did constantly, like every night I'd listen to six hours of podcasts, that kind of stuff, and I'd get through a lot of it. Now I've got about two hours a week, three hours a week maybe to get podcasts in, so I mostly just listen to the professional stuff. Like uh, Comedy Bang Bang is probably the one for me. Like it's, it's improv comedians from L.A., like famous actors, people that you would recognize just riffing and doing silly characters and stuff, and I tend to use that as a sort of like... It's inspiration as much as anything else. It gives me a lot of ideas in terms of like, okay, so this is how the professionals are doing it. That show, that podcast gives a little bit of a glimpse behind the curtain insofar as method and what have you goes. And it's quite useful to sort of, and entertaining as much as anything else. I actually do find it funny, but it's useful to listen to it and get that sense of like, okay, here's what's possible. Here's, I don't know, it's very difficult to describe, but you can hear the tone of people talking sometimes and you can hear them leading each other down the path. And we've done that to some extent. And uh, again, studying that is useful, I find. Mm. On the improv side of things and everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, I found that my, my podcast listening has sort of changed a bit over the years. I mean, and I got into it originally through listening to a lot of the Kevin Smith um, podcasts and adjacent podcasts. Um, mm. In fact, that's actually how we met Steve Oost. Was, um, Steve Oost and I were in the both in the chat room for... Uh, I think it was, um, DJ, do you remember, you used to listen to Hollywood Babylon stuff? Yep, yep. Do you remember, uh, DJ James, Jam Master James? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he used to run, like, a sort of stream, it was basically, it was before Twitch, really, it was like a sort of Sunday night or whatever night of the week it was, like, kind of DJ set stream thing and chat show. And, like, Steve Bruce and I but were both randomly in the chat room on there, so that's kind of how... <laughs> Um, and there's a couple of other people, um, like uh, Load Puller uh, as well. It's another one who oh, yeah. always shares our links and stuff. Um, but I don't actually listen to a lot of that kind of the Kevin Smith type stuff anymore, really. Um, that's yeah, I dropped of... off big time. I, I listen to him when he's talking to Scott Mosier, and yeah. that's about it. But yeah, but I mean, just... it's one of these things. Like you, we've listened to hundreds of hours of these people. Like so it's one of the things. Like, I used to listen to the Joe Rogan podcast a lot mm. before he got weird and right wing and indulging far too many idiots but it's it's one of those things where eventually familiarity it can either breed contempt or you just get bored there, there comes a point where you're like, i know this person well enough like i don't need to hear them espousing their ideas anymore on to the next one yeah as i say i just kind of dropped off um it wasn't like any particular thing i wasn't like oh i don't want to listen to this anymore i just kind of just sort of you know you get a few weeks behind and then that few weeks turns into like oh, i've got a huge backlog and when am i ever going to listen to this and then you just stop um yeah. i do still i listen to um the uh a lot of the ones by the the kind of mcelroy family group of podcasts <laughs> still uh like my brother my brother and me um listen to that quite a lot because it's I, i've stayed basically current with that so that that's not a big thing to listen for an hour a week sort of thing um just trying to think i like i said my, my current thinking like now i'm back at work i've got a bit more time for 
sort of doing it because I used to listen to podcasts while I was working and then obviously I've been off for the last little while um, but I'm still kind of I say I'm still behind uh, I enjoy uh, 500 Greatest Films that I think like even that I'm like behind on <laughs> just behind on everything that uh, the dollop I listen to a lot although that's that, that's one I need to be in the right mood for the dollop because it's often like quite uh, sort of um, anger inducing because <laughs> it's always like <laughs> history of like okay here's what the real history was and like you know be prepared to be annoyed at people from the past <laughs> kind of thing um, yeah I'm just I'm looking at my uh, Winamp at the moment what I've got on there I it's definitely not current I think the last episode was 2013 2012 because they ended it I always go back and occasionally re-listen to the show called uh, The Podcast Eating Contest. I don't even think it's online anymore. Anyway, you can get it. Um, but I've I've got it saved on my hard drive, which is... And it's really... Like, there's some questionable jokes and stuff in there. But it, again, going from the sort of um, improv style thing, I don't know. It's just something about it. it. It was one of those ones that I listened to when it was first on, and I, I do end up going back. And But it, it does hit a lot still for me and that. I don't know but maybe there's a little bit of a nostalgia thing because that was when I was first kind of properly getting into podcasting and stuff but yeah I don't know I'd start to pick a favourite because <sighs> ones that you don't appear on I don't know well yeah I, I can name good podcasts there's yeah. a couple of fairly obscure ones like there's one called S-Town that I is very interesting more than anything else it's a seven part series about a guy um, who lives in a rural southern state in America who messages a NPR uh, journalist saying that he thinks a, a murder has taken place in his town okay. and that the town is covering up. And the way the guy talks, he's a very unusual character. And the series explores the journalist who went to visit him and find out what he was talking about. And what starts off as a potential murder mystery evolves into something quite different. And it's... I'll say this, it's not a happy story, it's not one that ends with a happy ending, but it is a fascinating kind of glimpse into a life, and it is a very, as I say, a seven parts if memory serves, it lasts about six hours total, so it's kind of like there's a very finite thing to that podcast, it's quite mm. easy to sort of digest it. And yeah, interesting journalism. Yeah, mm. I'll check that one out, especially because it's not like it's, like you say, it's only six hours to listen to, I can knock that out in a couple of work shifts. Yeah. That's it. If you listen to the first one and it's not got you on the hook, then it's quite easy to just go, ah, forget about that, without having invested too much time to know whether or not you're interested. Mm. Sure. That definitely helps. Um, all of my answers are completely different because they're all pretty much factual and science-based. Mm. At the moment, I've been listening to a lot of SciShow Tangents, which is it's a group that have a whole bunch of YouTube channels now. Um, but all the channels are like family friendly and the podcast is more like them just chatting to each other right? and trying to find the most like interesting or weird facts about whatever the subject is for that episode. Okay. Um, so that's quite fun. Um, there's a couple of like science-based BBC ones, which are pretty good. Um, they're mostly world service ones rather than UK based. Hmm. Like uh, crowd science is one that I quite like. But yeah, I find that I think it's because like I can't answer with RPG ones because most of the ones that we really like we've worked with. <laughs> so it's, Yeah, that's the thing. Like I say, it kind of um, where it says that barring those you appear on. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's this one that and I'm on, I'm on penance. Tricky. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
exactly um one that i really like their style um they've they've done some of our halloween specials but i don't think any of us have been on their show is lovely craftians and so they're call of cthulhu and they're very like methodical and investigative which is like (laughs) The absolute yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love thinking back on the fact that we literally ended up in the bushes. <laughs> we were literally running through the bushes at one point. Yeah. It's like, oh wow, story wise, narrative wise, we're just in the wilderness right now. <laughs> yeah, I would like, like I say, I wouldn't really say that's maybe investigative and methodical. <laughs> yeah. yeah, far from it. You guys were hiding in the woods. As you say, the, the interesting contrast there. <laughs> Okay, so let's move on then with um, uh, Teixeira's next, which is the penultimate question. Uh, well, from Teixeira, and then we have one final question from Nikolai that he got in just under the wire after <laughs> I said the... Uh, <laughs> That's uh, it. We're yeah. done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Teixeira's uh, penultimate one is, if you could be any person that you've played on Pretending with Dice for a day, who would it be? Um <laughs> So, well, Dragon, your options are Hazel or a robot. Um, Literally the robot. (laughs) Definitely. Robots seem pretty capable. Yeah. And she's just, she's so sarcastic. I love it. (laughs) We'll make her a a return appearance in the second series when I get around to doing that. (laughs) Eden, you've got a few more options. Yeah. Hmm. Then they're not good options, so I don't make characters that anybody would want to be. <laughs> I don't want to be Barnard, that's for sure. A psychologically scarred war veteran. <laughs> Do I want to be Prunce, a man who's not quite sure who he is? <laughs> Remember you played yourself for those two episodes. Oh, true, yeah. <laughs> that's a good get out of jail free. I can literally be myself. <laughs> but during an alien uh, invasion, though, so... Yeah, true. Yeah, and, and I didn't don't know that I had necessarily the best ideas for dealing with that. So, <laughs> um, I think Prance, if only for the power fantasy, if only for the fact that I could go up and shrink somebody like he did to anything. Like I'd, I'd gladly take that ability just to be like, bam, well, half your, my side. Your other options are Anthony um, from Things in the Flood or uh, Ensign uh, Johnny Johnny Connor. Was that it? Not, yeah. yeah, from a Star Trek one shot. Anthony was the weaneriest of wieners, <laughs> so I don't, I don't want to go back in time fifteen. Well, in fact, it's more than fifteen years now. God, twenty years. <laughs> yeah, because that's basically just me channeling a teenage version of myself. The worst, all the worst things that I ever did as a teenager compounded into one character's very short lifespan. <laughs> so yeah, not going back to that one, and. um yeah, no, I'm sticking with Prance. Prance is yeah. purely for the power fantasy in terms of like the ability to do all kinds of fantastical things. I'd I'd sit and learn how to say the word prestidigitation without yeah, hesitating. There you go. <laughs> I know I did. <laughs> you wouldn't believe the times I've sat down recently and been like prestidigitation, prestidigitation, prestidigitation. <laughs> getting it into my head. <laughs> it's one of those words. I can't well. speak. God damn it. Uh, this, this is out of the out of the question, but um, I I can't help but feel like. The culmination of you putting in three, two and a half at that point story arcs of Prance doing prestidigitation and sort of not really knowing what he's doing with it, and then having you run into a competent magic user who knows how to use the spell properly and just cleans you <laughs> off with it, and and everybody, including you, is like, "Wow, what's that spell called?" And they're, and they're like, 
it's yeah, it's prestidigitation. You learn it like day one. Yeah, you know that this is like breathing for you, or at least it's supposed to be. Uh, that's that's the kind of fun call. Like, well, not it's not even a callback. It was like a fun building on your character's incompetencies. Yeah. <laughs> Other wizards look at Prance and go, "What the fuck? What's going on with you?" And he don't know. <laughs> Uh, I do need to fully re-listen back through everything before we record another arc with those characters, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just to make and sure I get everything. And properly cement a few of those things where it's like we both know we're on the same page. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, I mean, in terms of me for this question, I'd do all the NPCs. So, I mean, who was having the most fun? Um... Bork's cousin seemed to be having quite a, a casual lifestyle. Yeah, but when I, <laughs> that's true. No, well, no, he was he was kind of. This is the, I don't know if I got it across because he was he was running a shop. He was doing well, but he was very much under the thumb of his wife, who liked her liked to buy spend his money for him basically, and he seemed to be very mm. kind of under the thumb. Is what I was going for. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, on top of that, I had to have my tongue th- between my teeth when I was talking as him, and um, <laughs> yeah, I'm being slightly mocking yeah. and suggesting. <laughs> I, uh, I, I had to like reset my jaw after doing that conversation. It was funny, but like, I can't fault like this for the whole episode. It's really going to talk. Yeah, <laughs> it's not going to do well for my mouth. <laughs> That's the worst bit when you're doing voices if you get stuck as it. Well, yeah, no, we, I think I had to cut it out, but like I finished talking as him and then I, I had like a lisp for like five minutes. So I had to stop and <laughs> go back. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, probably not him. Um, who was having fun? Oh, who was your, what was your Shadowrun character's name? Oh, oh God, uh, Silas. Silas, yeah. yeah. I don't know that you'd want to be Silas. I don't know if I, I want to be Silas. I guess like... Uh, Mark's character's wingman from the Star Wars one he just seemed like really kind of like he knew who he was and he was like he was kind of like he was kind of cool <laughs> just you yeah, know he came off well in his scenes where yeah, like yeah. They, were, they were kind of dismissing him or talking around him and he was kind of alright you do your thing guys I'm going to do my thing yeah, but yeah. that was the feeling that came through yeah maybe maybe him uh, Vard that was it yeah <laughs> I can't remember how to do the voice either. It's just kind of like this. Eh? No, no, yeah, I don't know. I haven't, got that, many, I haven't got that many voices. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we've realised this as we've played. It always comes back to this guy eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a right geese. Somehow this voice is right easy to do. <laughs> it really is, though. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you just kind of put a little bit of gruff on it, talk like this. It's sort of... <laughs> I don't know. It's just easy to do. Um, okay, let's move on. So this is Teshul's final question, which is a little bit inside baseball on <laughs> your recent trip into town. Yes, no, I know what's coming next. <laughs> which member of Daniel Dice would be most likely to have been writing 1984 on everything uh, to freak Eden out? So I don't know if you want to give a bit of backstory on this because it's yeah. a bit odd out of context. There's no context for this within the podcast, and unless you're following me on Twitter, then and you saw me tweeting these very specific photographs over the course of two different days, then this would mean nothing to you. So, basically, I went into Bournemouth Town Centre recently and uh, spotted a series of tags with the number 1984 written on it. And I kind of took it upon myself to read between the lines and go, okay, so this tagger is making a political statement 
Uh, and the things that he's tagged are kind of his idea of what Big Brother is. And he'd been tagging things like recycling bins and public cash machines and phone boxes. <laughs> so I was kind of making a mockery of him on Twitter and joking with this idea of like, oh, yeah, right on, fight the power, right, 19, 1984 on things. Truly, the, the phone box is the sign that Big Brother is watching over us all. Um, so, so that was the context for why this question has been asked. As far as which, who, who, sorry, what was this? Was it which character? Or no, what, which, which character? cast member who's been doing it to freak you out? Um, oh, which cast member? I'm, oh. I've never been. I, I've my um, good boy at school persona won't let me leave graffiti. Um, yeah. I, I'm the most likely one to be doing yeah. that. <laughs> Perfectly honest with you. And Mark even made the joke saying that we come on now, we all know you're the Bournemouth tagger. And I was yeah. like, Well, it would be kind of doubly amusing to me to be the one that's writing it, but no, deep down I I, I am not that person. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I don't know I don't really know if any of us are really like big kind of like graffiti. Yeah, I, sort of. I would have the idea and then not do it. I'd, I'd tell somebody about the idea and that would be enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I can't I can't actually see myself going out and actually spray-painting things. Yeah. But, well, also, you if I get caught, I can't run away fast enough. <laughs> I just I, um... away with my walking stick. <laughs> Well, the flip side of that, though, is like if they don't see you actually doing it, are you that likely of a suspect? Oh, no. <laughs> Point in another direction and go, they went that way. <laughs> it's like that thing. If you, like, when you start at school, if you always seem like you're well behaved, they never check what you're up to ever again. <laughs> you can just get away with it. <laughs> I, I did have an additional tag to that question, which okay. I, I did yeah, yeah, throw onto on Twitter to say, what would your characters tag to be political? Or what would one of your characters tag to, be, to make a political statement? And what would it be? Because I, I feel like like my character, there's a couple of them. Like Barnard would probably have like some weird anti-war statement, or he would draw the... Remember uh, the Somme or something. <laughs> what's the symbol? You might... I might be asking a question neither of you can answer but there's a symbol that was drawn during um world war one and two by soldiers that kilroy was here yeah yeah, i know that one yeah the, the kilroy symbol i think that barnard would draw the kilroy symbol on, on walls inexplicably <laughs> and not, not tell anybody that it was him he'd just be in the local area and one would crop up somewhere i think anthony would draw that s you know you know the s yeah <laughs> the infinite s yeah <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent. He was that <laughs> level of average, entirely average and typical in every single way. <laughs> and oh. he'd think that he'd done some great work of art there. That that would get people thinking. Probably, man, that S was everywhere in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> and Prons would just leave a scorch mark on a wall somewhere. Probably, <laughs> just pocket pork smear. <laughs> Either that or uh, Prince's androgyny symbol. Oh, yeah, that's true. Which, which would have no context within the D&D universe, but Prince knows what it means, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would Hazel's uh, scrawling be if, if Prince is leaving that and Anthony's leaving the S? And... I imagine it would probably be like CND symbol or something. Okay. Like, I can see her being very, you know, like tolerant of members of the military but very against them in principle mm -hmm. 
definitely against like nuclear weapons and stuff. Yeah. So I can see her having like a really being really stroppy about it as well. Yeah, like we met them when they were how old was Hazel? Sixteen. Sixteen-ish. Yeah. yeah. So we met them when they were about sixteen, seventeen. So go fast forward a few years, and um, they they're going on protest marches and things. Yeah. She's totally the sort of person that would end up like living in one of the protest camps. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. She was <laughs> not right on, but she's a girl that knows what she thinks and is willing to fight for that. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Walking around carrying a knife. <laughs> That's fine. What would Silas tag? Oh, I don't know. I, 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 God, what was his deal? He was kind of nervous, like mm. a hacker. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. soft touch. I, I can't help but think that he would nervously scroll something that was a little bit stronger than something he actually thought. Down with all this. Yeah, something as simple as fight the power or something. <laughs> Hack the planet. Uh, yes, <laughs> that sounds like Silas's level. Hack the planet, and then he would skulk off to sit in his room and stare at his monitor for the rest of his life. <laughs> Goes off and plays an MMO. Um, okay, so we have one final question then from uh, Nikolai, who technically got it in oof, five and three-quarter hours after the deadline, um, but before we recorded this, <laughs> saying, <laughs> what lurks on the horizon for PWD? Um, well, hopefully all of our <laughs> all of our postponed plans from this year. Um, mm. I mean, I'm very, very close, I think, to organizing the recording session for the group that was original. You know, we did the session zero for just before lockdown, and we were gearing up to record and then lockdown happened. Um, so that hopefully is going to be in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we just need to nail down a date for that. Uh, we've been talking, well, we mentioned it about getting Prawn's book and NLA out of that time bubble. Mm-hmm. Hopefully this year, because it's actually two years since we recorded with that group. Um, yeah. Flown. Yeah. Uh, Tempest Squadron 2. Um, we were talking about uh, doing Alien RPG um, to the point where I put it in the, the promo video. Um, originally, what were we going to do? Because I, I don't know if this is still going on. Um, Squid from Sabia's RPG was going to run us through Alien on there, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. And we were going to do kind of like a DM swap thing. Like, I, I, obviously, he's DMing on there, and then he was going to be part of the cast when we did it on here. Um, yeah. But all the plans are up in the air at the moment, and there wasn't like yeah, a yeah. solid like we're definitely going to record it in this order sort of thing. So yeah, things just yeah went a bit haywire. Yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll get there. Um, but yeah, we've got a few things. I still think it'd be fun to do that Mass Effect uh, all Krogan episode, but um, <laughs> everybody's just you know make sure you've got like a, a mug of like honey tea next to you or something just yeah. surreptitiously <laughs> like strepsils or something yeah just just be chugging strepsils during the recording <laughs> um but yeah i don't know I, I i feel like i had like a whole year of plans and they've all been kind of knocked down the road by six months sort of thing i th- i do think i would like to go back and do more with the we sort of met two members of the star trek um the starship crew for when we did that one shot i would like to go back and do more with maybe a bigger yeah, group no, I'd, I'd be up for that absolutely yeah because i think that was an interesting system as well and i know more than enough about star trek to go anywhere with that kind of thing mm. 
So maybe develop that into like more of an ongoing series sort of thing. Because um, I enjoyed doing the one shot. Um, but yeah, no, I feel like I'm more at home with doing longer things anyway. So that would be fun to go back to and, and do more on that. But um, yeah, I think um, doing more world building stuff, building out our D&D setting a bit more is always on the card because we have a lot of fun doing that. I don't know, maybe set some other stories in that setting that are not based on our main kind of thing because now that we've fleshed out a bit more of the other surrounding area and that I don't know yeah. who knows even if it just ends up being like weird one shots and stuff and hey maybe you said before again about doing your um your, your one shot setting that again that we talked about previously Eden but uh, uh, yes yeah no I, I was I was about to say if I can ever manage to get my head in gear to actually get this down properly and uh, organize it then yes eventually there will be a one shot coming and because it's me in charge of it it will be weird in some way shape or form <laughs> so, and it will be very much away from the other characters and what have you so yeah yeah that will be uh, yeah giving me giving me impetus to sort of put my uh, brain back on that subject again I've, I've got a lot on my mind at the moment but yeah Mm. we'll we'll put that sort of back on the table and you know, maybe once i've cleared a couple of couple more bits and pieces off of it off of my current plate as it were i'll load it up with some of that yeah awesome okay well that is that's all the questions anybody have anything they want to plug slash add slash yeah <laughs> i've got anything to plug particularly at the moment uh, i could point people towards my twitter at monkey magic eden if i've got anything to share it will be there Usually it's complaining about the nature of politics and the current state of the world. Occasionally it's pictures of people tagging 1984. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, if people, you could be plugging people going to Westover, is it Westover Road? No, it's on Commercial Road in Bournemouth yeah. and looking for these tags before the council takes them down. Oh, yes, it's such a, it's such a trip, such a, what's <laughs> visit. Come on down. I, I am writing a few game reviews at the moment for because uh, Jason, who we've already alluded to, uh, is running a indie games website, and you may see me linking reviews to, to video games and stuff that I've written. So if you're at all into video games and what have you, then have a look at me and Jason in particular, and you will see us talking about that kind of stuff on Twitter from time to time. Uh, Dragon? Yes, I am part of Penis RPG. We are getting our Halloween project for this year up and running. I need to start organising more groups for that. Um, and generally our dystopia series will be continuing for the foreseeable future and will hopefully hopefully um, it will we'll have a hiatus over October while we release Halloween and then we'll go back to the weird apocalyptic future of 2115. Awesome. Uh, where can people find you online? Just Most social media, we are at Penance RPG. You can find us on penancerpg.com um, and you can listen to us. We're on all the podcast apps that I know of. So if we're missing from one, let me know and I'll get that sorted for you. Awesome. Um, what have I been doing? I've... I'm recording my new album, finally. It's only taken me 10 years. And if we're lucky, I might have it finished before the end of the year. Um, I haven't written any lyrics yet, and I keep getting mental blocks when I go to do that. So, yeah, but I will tweet occasionally about that on my own Twitter. But, um, yeah, uh, this is a weird way to start the plug thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will have the links for my album to plug 
when it's out. But um, yes, you can find my other music at adamjohnstonuk.bandcamp.com. Um, other than that, though, it would be really great if everybody came and joined our Pretending With Dice Discord. You can find the link uh, on our Twitter bio and now in the uh, contact page, which I finally remembered to put live after three years, on our uh, Podbean site. Um, <laughs> turns out I'm bad at running things, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't might be why we didn't haven't had a single email in the um, whole three years. Um, look, ah, well, we're, yeah, we're getting there. Get in touch. They knew they, they could always oh, get yeah, you yeah, on yeah. Twitter. Again, um, but yeah, so that's that's not allowed. So yeah, come and join us on Discord um, and uh, hang out. Uh, we, as we alluded to earlier, we occasionally run. Uh, Jackbox games, we do other multiplayer games and stuff, and just, you know, hang out and join the conversation while we talk about uh, well, mostly weird 90s uh, disaster movies and share odd memes, <laughs> but um, it's a fun time um, but yeah, as usual, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Pretend with Dice. Uh email us, pretendingwithdice at outlook.com uh, that's pretty much it, I think I, have, have, I, have I left anything out? Don't think so. I think we've covered the bases. Yeah, fun times. But yeah, this was fun. Um, I think we we originally meant to do this back in May when the actual third anniversary was, um, but May was right in the middle of all of the uh, lockdown um, craziness, and I just I just forgot to organise it. I just put my hands up for that. <laughs> um, it's one. Yeah, yeah. Everything was up in the air at that point. Um, but yeah, I, I'm hoping we'll be back in two weeks with. Uh, maybe another bonus episode if everything goes incredibly well to plan we may be back in two weeks with the start of our next dnd um storyline but that's that's an outside chance i will say um but who knows watch this space um two weeks is my birthday as well so um oh. yeah wink wink nudge nudge wink wink nudge nudge send me a <laughs> congrats um not dying so far tweet or something <laughs> whatever um yeah uh so yeah we will uh see you all next time um see you all later bye bye bye